TC Talks, and I am in Peter Harrington Rare Books in Chelsea, and I am with the owner of the uh, this bookshop, this fantastic bookshop, and that is Palm Harrington. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, his shop, uh, his connection to rare books, and how he acquires them, and all sorts of fun stuff like that. Hi, Tom. Hi, Palm. How are you? I'm good. Well, welcome. Thanks Thank for coming. Much. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so it was um, your your James Cook first voyage manuscripts that um, right. well, not manuscripts, the printed books. Yes, that that <laughs> the printed books that first. Uh, got me interested in coming in here and talking to you because I recently mm -hmm. interviewed the the curators of the James Cook show at the British Library okay. so what is what, what do you have uh, so we yes. have the official complete collection of the Cook's voyages I and mean, Captain Cook did uh, three voyages um, and the, the official account was, was published and you get the first voyage in three volumes the second voyage in two volumes and the final voyage in three volumes with this folio atlas mm -hmm. Um, it was very popular at the time. I think a lot of most big country houses had a set of it, yes. and they'll put in uniform bindings, and it's very collectible. Okay, okay. So those came out soon. So it was 250 years ago sure. today, this year, that that voyage took place. And uh, how soon were those uh, were those volumes published? How early? Um, well, they published between 1773 and 1785. Okay. Um, and of course, the final one, he died. Um, yeah, right. Yes. So the first two <laughs> volumes, or the or the and the key to also. The first voyage was actually written by Hawksworth. The second voyage actually was written by James Cook. They sort of, he had enough uh, right. okay. thing. And there's the important thing about the second voyage, he proved that Australia and the Antarctic were not connected by going around Antarctica. Right, yes. So he proved the sixth continent. And so the, the second voyage actually is quite important from that point of view. Okay. And the third voyage, he actually wrote the first two volumes that were published. He uh, died in Hawaii. In Hawaii and yes. the last volume was finished by King. Okay, who was another member? Who was another the, member of the crew, the, and their official account was finished by him. So that that that, that makes the complete set. Okay, well, fantastic. Well, clearly a rare item, something mm -hmm. of value, something collectible. What's the price for something like that? So that this particular complete set um, happens to have one extra book, and there was actually um, a book by called Andrew Kippis called The Life of Captain Cook, okay. and that's the first biography of Cook, hmm. um, which was published after his death, um, and that is bound in uniform binding with it. Together, the whole thing. Um, is nine volumes of the folio and it's £37,500. Wow, okay, okay, wow, okay. Well, looking around in this beautiful in this beautiful bookshop with all these shelves of books, 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 is there, everything must be a treasure in here. Um, yeah, I mean, we handpick our books. I mean, we, okay. don't, we, we don't go into a house and just buy the contents. Okay. Um, for want of a better word, we cherry pick. We're only interested really in the, in the, in the, the finest end of the, of the rare book market. Um, so everything that comes into Peter Harrington mm -hmm. is checked, collated, sure. hand-picked. I normally get my hands on it and look at it myself. Okay. And then we have a team of catalogers who will then collate, check it, catalog it, photograph it, and then we put it out for sale. Okay. So there's, um, there's a lot of scholarship and, and uh, bibliography that goes in behind these books to make right. sure they are what they are. Okay. Um, and do they... Does someone find you, or are you out there researching, looking for these things? Well, we're long established, so okay. um, things come to us to, to a large degree. Um, the internet's changed the world in lots of ways, and uh, we probably get 50 to 100 emails a day offering okay. us stuff. Most of it's not really for us, mm -hmm. um, but on our web, Peter Hannon website, we have quite clear instructions what we look for in a okay. book. And, you know, it's not just age. Sure. You know, okay. rarity, desire. Well, you know, desirability. I mean, okay. you know, just because it's 15th century doesn't mean it's valuable because um, most of those are religious books and to be fair, only a few of those can be valuable. Mm -hmm. um, so you need rarity, you need desirability, 
someone that people care about, conditions important, sure. completeness. Okay. And the book needs to be complete and everything else. When you when you combine those factors, then then you have a, a rare and collectible object. You get a holy grail. Oh, there's lots. Oh, I mean, yeah. the variety is huge. Okay, okay. I mean, we do everything from a Gutenberg Bible leaf. Okay. I mean, I'd love to have a Bible, but you're mm-hmm. not, yeah, not sure, going to sure. get one. So we, we have to play with leaves instead, um, through to first edition Harry Potter. Hmm. You know, okay. um, I can show I have I have one up there, you know, and that's yes. as valuable as a Gutenberg leaf, wow. which is completely nuts. Yes, it is. Yeah, wow. Okay. That's amazing, though. It's, it's um, yeah. But, you know, Harry Potter is incredibly desirable. There are only 500 copies printed of the first book. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, hmm. and of which 300 went to libraries. Sure. Read okay. library stamps. So collectible copies are rare. And that's where rarity comes in, desirability, okay. conditions important. And when you've got those factors, you get these sure. big prices. So you want something that, I guess, in a lot of cases, that's just been forgotten until someone realizes what it is, maybe. Well, to a certain degree. But, yeah. I mean, there's also much more traditional books. So Charles Darwin, Origin of Species. Yes. I mean, that has been collected more or less since it first came out. Mm-hmm. It was kind of well looked after. Um, it's collected by lots of different people. That's a very valuable book. So that's 19th century. Um, Shakespeare folio from the mm-hmm. 17th century. I mean, behind you over there is a, it's a really gorgeous copy of the second folio Shakespeare yeah. from 1632. Um, mm-hmm. The first folio is 1623. I would love to have one, but it's like a $10 million object if you had a complete copy. Um, so we satisfy ourselves with the second folio. Okay. Um, but that's the very high end. In fairness, we got books here from sort of 50 to 100 pounds, okay. um, which I know is still money, but... Sure, a little yeah, more but, manageable. Yeah, a bit more manageable, yes. <laughs> okay, okay, and who, who are your who shops here? I mean, just the range of all book lovers? Uh. Um, yeah, I mean, well, in Fulham Road, um, we are, you know, obviously get locals. I mean, we've been here for um, 25 years. 25 years? 21 years. And uh, in this location, we were originally in the King's Road. Okay. Uh, my father started in 69 the King's Road. Oh, right, okay. So I think traditionally we started with local clientele, um, sort of international um, American tourists historically sure. coming into London. Sure. The internet's changed everything. Most N- of your clients are online, I guess, now? No, no? But, okay. but, but the difference is people don't browse in shops for the sake of it anymore. People tend to do the browsing online, uh-huh. and then they come to the shop to see something. I see, okay. So it's more of a destination these days. Some people do turn up, of sure, course. Sure. And then, so four years ago, we decided to open up a Dover Street store okay. in Mayfair, in Mayfair yeah. which is much higher footfall, and it's much more designed for browsers and passers-by, mm-hmm. but it's in a kind of a good location. Okay. Whereas in Chelsea, in fairness, we're a little bit out of the way here. Okay. So what's the criteria? Interest in books, um, to be honest, money. I mean, you've got to be able to afford to buy some of these books. Right. Um, and we sell to people that are from rock stars to hedge fund managers to doctors, lawyers, and accountants. I mean, all the usual people that are interested in books. Okay. And so it was your father who was originally interested interested in books. Uh, how, how did he come upon owning the shop? Um, well, he actually used to drive around with his dad because okay. he had a car and his dad didn't. So we're talking about the 60s here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they used to go in the countryside, down to Surrey and Sussex or wherever. And um, he noticed something. And that was the books in the countryside are cheaper than they're in London. Okay, sure. So he was buying books in the countryside and then... Um, this is your grandfather? Yes. Okay. And then so my dad just went, okay, fine. So he bought some books in the countryside, mm-hmm. went to the Chelsea Antique Market, put them out, sold them all, went jolly good, went back Great, and yeah. did it again. And, that, and that's essentially how it started. Okay, okay, okay. Wow. And then was it always a given that you would take over the, the family business or...? Um, well, if you ask me as a teenager, no. Okay, the last thing I wanted to do is work for my father, but the way these things. But I, I sort of came out of school at 18, didn't know what to do. I'd always worked 
sort of part-time summer holidays, you know, mm-hmm. helping out, polishing a book or packing sure. a book. Uh, but at 19, I decided, actually got interested. I got interested in the, actually more the, slightly more the commercial side, appreciation of books of the objects rather okay. than necessarily literary content. Sure. Um, and to be honest, that's where the knowledge is developed. So I can tell you all about, you know, why a book is collectible and that's a beautiful copy and the printing yeah. and whatever else. Don't necessarily ask me what the contents are because sure, yeah. I haven't read every book in the yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah. How many books do you have in the shop? Uh, we have about 12,000 catalogued items. So okay. one item could be a set of 40 books. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so, yeah, so yeah, yeah. We, we have tens of thousands of actual physical books between maps the two shops. Too, right? We yeah. have historically done maps. My mother was interested in maps and they had a, my mother and my father had a print and map shop within the market also, mm-hmm. which they started in the 70s. That evolved into something called Old Church Galleries, we were right next to Old Church Street, and we opened a gallery up mm-hmm. in Old okay. Church Street, mm-hmm. and that opened in '87, okay. um, and that was very successful. But my mother retired. My sister was involved with that, and she went off to her kids. Mum retired, so we sort of amalgamated it all in. Fashions had changed a little bit, um, and I wasn't quite so interested in the maps and the antique prints, but I, we were interested in the contemporary art. Okay. So we then evolved into doing uh, Dali and. Picasso okay, and sure. Henry Moore. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, yeah, so now we do contemporary prints and, uh, downstairs okay. instead. Oh, great. Okay. And do you have a private stash? Did anything ever come your way and you're like, ooh, I want that for myself? Yeah, it's up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I've always been interested in Roald Dahl. Okay. Um, so uh, my dad gave me a Roald, Bar- a Roald Dahl book and scrub Roald Dahl book 20 years ago. Okay. And I sort of just gradually added, and then probably in the last 10 years, I became slightly more obsessive. Huh. No better than some of my customers. Um, and then decided I wanted to have every single, f- either English and American edition, but I wanted them all inscribed. Mm-hmm. So that was the goal. And about too short. Two, two books short. Yeah, okay, to actually wow. have every single book published, English and American edition inscribed. Okay. And I sort of got ones to the mum, wife, right. family, the dentist, the doctor. I, over the years, I've just picked them up from different places. Are they getting harder to attain? or No, I mean, we buy and sell yet. them okay. anyway. We do okay. them all the time. But, I mean, the, the collection. And one day, I'll do a catalogue and I will sell it. Okay. All but right. not until I've finished it, which okay. probably won't happen so anytime not, soon. You personally aren't too attached to the, uh, the actual material object. I'm just sitting up here not for sale. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. What do you reckon is your most valuable uh, item in the shop or in your catalogue? Um, um, we have... Well, funny, I think probably that Shakespeare second folio, probably actually. Okay, wow. Yeah. Um, that's four hundred fifty thousand pounds. We've handled books more valuable than that, but I mean, yeah, books actually don't get much more expensive than that. They really are quite uncommon, okay. like paintings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main reason why is that books, a printed book, isn't unique. I mean, sure. there would have been several hundred copies of the second folio of Shakespeare printed. If you can imagine, there's only one copy. Could you imagine? I mean, it'd be yeah, just right, yeah. uh, priceless. So they because they're multiple common, because they're because they're multiple copies sure. of these printed books, it does keep prices a bit more sensible. Okay, and uh, how do you make sure you don't have I don't know insects? London, no London's worries. fine. You know these yeah. books, these two or three hundred year books, have survived much worse conditions with a twenty first century shop, which is watertight. Sure, you know, I mean, damp Victorian housing was terrible for making the books damp. This is dry. We don't have. You know, high humidity, we've got air conditioning as it happens, but that's for us, not the books particularly. Um, Yeah, I mean, the biggest danger to rare books is water. And it tends to be a leak pipe. Everyone thinks fire. Books actually don't burn very well. Um, And you don't really see fire damaged books. It doesn't really happen. It's water. (laughs) Okay. 
and that's sometimes the biggest danger. But no, I mean, you know, and we also make these um, conservation clamshell boxes or slander boxes, they're called. Yeah, okay. So these are custom made boxes, and here's one here, you oh, know, right, and you're okay. gonna, and the book go inside, and that gives okay. it protection. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, very cool. All right, well, well, Palm, how can people find out more about what you do and uh, and the shop and everything? Well, I mean, we have two shops with so people welcome to visit one in Dover Street in Mayfair and one in the Fulham Road, Hundred Fulham Road, and then our website, peterherrington.co.uk, and everything's on there. Um, okay. We list pretty much most of our stock on there. Um, right. Also, details. We have a bindery as well. We have details of our book bindery on there. Okay. Um, it's all good. Well, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Cheers.